This is Corey Cross. Welcome to Sean Newman's podcast. Folks, welcome to 2020. We're going to start the new year off the bang. We have Corey Cross in studio today. He obviously, this is his second episode. He joined us earlier in 2019, had a blast sitting down with him. And here is your factory sports tale of the tape. Corey Cross was born in Lloyd Minster. In 1971, he was taken in the NHL Supplemental Draft 1992 by the Tampa Bay Lightning. He'd played for a junior B squad, got recruited to the University of Alberta Golden Bears, and then goes to the Tampa Bay Lightning. From Tampa Bay, he plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the New York Rangers, Edmonton Oilers, Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Detroit Red Wings. Over his 12-year career, he played 659 games, 34 goals, 970 or 900, 34 goals, 97 assists, 131 points, 684 penalty minutes. He is a class act. Really enjoy having him on the podcast. And without further ado. All right, well, I'm, I'm back in the studio. I got Corey Cross grilling me already, but it's good to have you back. It's good to have you back in here. Uh, a couple things have changed since you were last year. What do you think of the new table? Nice table's beautiful. Nice table, nice and thick. Just like you wanted it, you wanted this thick. <laughs> I th- he's making fun of me. I had to Jimmy rig my mic stands because the table's so thick, my... Mic stands don't work. Properly, yeah, but so. if you, that's what Home Depot is for. If all of a sudden you can't hear me talking, it's because the the vice stands are broke. <laughs> hey, I got this beautiful place. I got a couple of vice grips right now. All right, by the time you come in for the third one, it'll all be set up properly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah. that's a lie. My third one, I'm coming to Kelowna. Yeah, yeah. I've already I've already made well, the deal get, with the wife. I'm yeah, and you got all the guys there. You can get a whole bunch of other guys. That's right. Hearts will be there. That's right. So, how's uh, Christmas? treating you well christmas is uh is good so far we had celebrated on the weekend with uh, my wife's family in Kelowna and had them over for christmas dinner pre-christmas dinner and now flew into lloyd for uh for my family so it'll be nice to see them it's been a few years since we spent christmas with them so that's awesome i gotta give you a little bit of a rough time we got this wade and friends game coming up in january you know you know night slide right in there Corey cross but you know yeah, hey. I know. I, I Reds, Reds goes, hey, can you make it? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to be in Lloyd at Christmas time. So you never know. But I, I It's too highly... late. The roster came oh, out today. Oh, okay, it's too late? Okay, well, okay. You know, he went Corey Cross. <laughs> nah, fine. If he doesn't want us, we don't want him. <laughs> well, it looks like a fun weekend. Oh, it'll be a good weekend. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be a really good. fun it'll weekend. Be good. It would have been a little better with Cross there, man. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? Where we left off last time, we were just talking about, I'm pretty sure is when you get traded from Tampa Bay to Toronto. Could you, uh, thought maybe you could walk us through that, because you've never been traded up until that point. You've been drafted by Tampa, and you play there several years, and then now you're getting, you know, traded. And I should point out, people, if you're tuning into this one, go back uh, to episode one with with Mr. Cross, because this is 2.0. We cut it off just before he gets to Toronto. So this is kind of the... Yeah, my wife called me and told me I had to quit. We are running out of time. That's right. <laughs> oh, and she was yelling at you. You're supposed to say lovey-dovey things to Yeah, her exactly. While. You're supposed to say hi to her. <laughs> and, the, and the kids, Kayla and Ayla. <laughs> no. Here, uh, before we get to the trade, I'll do this for her. Where did you meet your wife? I met her in Edmonton. Met her in Edmonton? Yeah, at the Save on Foods on 109th and... Uh, 
and uh, Jasper. <laughs> you sweet-talked her in a safe... She safe actually sweet-talked me. She picked me up, if you can believe that. I yeah. don't believe you. No, well, <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> yeah, she being a police officer, she was had me under investigation. She's What? She, yeah, she was a police officer in Edmonton City Police for 10 years. Your wife who was just outside as a police officer? Yeah, yeah. No know, kidding. Yeah, yeah you'd never guess. I would have never guessed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. no longer a police officer, though. No, no, she retired when when uh, when I got traded from Edmonton. Oh, to Pittsburgh, fair and she okay. retired. Yeah, and um, yeah, I met her at the grocery store, and she uh, drove. She checked out my what I was driving. Saw the Ontario plates, and then drove by and <laughs> figured something. Was <laughs> we up. started talking, and she's like, "Well, you're not from here," and I'm like, "Well, I just moved back." And what do you do? I play hockey. She she had no idea. She's like, "Well." For who? And I'm like, like for the Oilers. <laughs> and then you might know them, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, but then she had never heard of my name. <laughs> Her not being a hockey fan at all. And then I'm like, what do you do? She's like, well, I'm a police officer. And I'm like, I was, as you are, shocked. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, shout out to your wife. <laughs> yeah, and kids. Yeah. How yeah. old are your kids? Kids are uh, my daughter's 13 and my son's 11. Uh, keeping yeah. you busy then. They are they are busy. Busy with sports. Uh, my daughter's in volleyball and some school basketball, which I help coach, which is a lot of fun. And you help coach school basketball? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I've never been about, I've always watched basketball, always loved basketball, never really played at any level, but um, there's other guys that, that know the game a little more what than I What did you do. think of doing that, though? It's a blast. I, I love it. I love, uh, I love coaching different sports, you know, something that, you know, going on YouTube and just checking out tips and, <laughs> and drills and stuff because I have no idea. But it's been fun. I, I, I'm sure I asked you this uh, on the last episode, but did you grow up playing, uh, uh, obviously not basketball, but did you grow up playing other sports? You played all, you said you always play everything was hockey. Yeah, everything was hockey, grass hockey, road hockey. So you never ever picked up a basketball and thought, hmm, maybe? Oh, well, you know, just for fun. Football and the... Prison out, rules? Yeah. Foot, football, flag football out on the, you know, we live right across the street from the comp, so right on the field, right on the field or in the front front yard, we'd play football and played one year of baseball, and that was it. Yeah, I just, my parents loved camping, so I was, baseball was running into camp season, <laughs> camping season. My dad's like, you're not doing that again, so I'm like, okay. All right, that's, that's done. <laughs> yeah, that's done. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this trade. You get traded from Tampa Bay to Toronto. Yeah, yeah, like... um so I was uh, going into my last year of my contract. Um, Jacques Demers was our coach at that time, and and he goes, "Yeah, we should talk about contract." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So he just called me in his office. He goes, "Well, you know, I think you're kind of like Sylvain Lefebvre. I I got you penciled in like Sylvain Lefebvre, and Sylvain Lefebvre was making one eight, one seven, I think, at that time. I'm like, "Sounds good to me." And that was pretty much our contract negotiation. He goes, "Well." Okay, perfect. Like it literally was two minutes, and um, he goes, "The only the only thing that's going to happen though is uh, there's going to be new ownership. This new ownership's coming in." And I'm like, "Okay." He goes, "We have to just kind of see how it plays out." So uh, the Detroit uh, Vipers, uh, the Detroit Viper guy that owned the Vipers, he ended up buying the Lightning, and uh, Jacques got fired. So they brought in Rick Dudley to run the team. And uh, Steve Ludzik was the coach. And uh, me being a restricted free agent, 
they could they only had to offer me a 10 percent raise and that's what they did they offered me a 10 percent raise which like i was i think i was making 750 so it didn't make any sense to sign it and um they were just especially when you just yeah like, verbally agreed on yeah. something that's double that yeah double that yeah yeah and so i said no and they were like well and rick dudley's words well we'll be last place with you or without you so so uh, yeah seriously <laughs> and uh so I actually sat out all training camp training camp came back to edmonton skated with the bears golden bears and stayed in shape with them and then they came up with this we came up with this big bonus laden contract that if i was top, if i was a top four defenseman the following year with minutes played hits points uh block shots like everything you could think of as bonus and we signed the signed that deal with a with a base salary of 750 and then all these bonuses how much could you make in bonuses then Oh, I could have made like two million if I would hit all the bonuses. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I'm so thinking. So were you just freaking giving her then? Every- well, so the problem was. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm with the, I'm with Tampa, and I'm a top four defenseman here. I'm gonna hit all these bonuses, and I'll make I'll make good money. So I flew back to Tampa just like um, just like four days before the season started. Had one practice, one skate with the team, and the next day I got traded to Toronto. So, <laughs> so they got rid of that contract. Yeah, and they just they just uh yeah, they wanted well they got traded for Freddie Modine. Freddie was struggling in, in Toronto and um they needed a big winger and scoring guy and he had a, he ended up having a great great career. It was a great trade for him cuz he went to Tampa and reinvented himself there and and um but then I go to Toronto and here now I'm slotted as like a fifth sixth guy. And uh now all your bonuses go. With the yeah, and so yeah, so I mean, I hit some plus minus stuff and some and hits bonuses and block shots bonuses, but that was it. Like ice time played and all that. So I was playing five six defensive minutes and not killing penalties like I I was in Tampa. So so yeah. So anyways, that was that was a trade. But I was so I was really happy to leave Tampa. We were last place in the two previous years, and I knew it was going to be some more growing pains there. So. To go to Toronto and you go know, to the hockey mecca of the world. Yeah, I was pretty excited. Got on that plane and they had a really good team and yeah, I was pretty. Walk me through walking into the Toronto organization. Like, is it like, do they roll out the red carpet? Like, is it just like, yeah, holy crap, you're part of the Toronto Maple Leafs, or was it? Not yeah, you know, and all the different organiza- organizations I've played for are all different levels of, um, I guess, roll out the red carpets. <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, the best being probably Detroit. Detroit was literally the red carpet treatment. It was, it was unreal, but Toronto was great. Uh, How so? They literally had a red carpet. You come out of your car and there's a valet system there. They have a red carpet. You walk right into the building. (laughs) They're, they're first class Detroit. It's unbelievable. They just treat you so, so well. Um, my wife was there. She was there for one game. She pulled up in her car. They knew exactly who she was. She, and uh, they're like, oh, we got to give you, get you all this, you know, picture, ID, security clearance, and just took her on a tour of the rink. And, you know, that just never happened in any other spots. And um, it was... It's, it's interesting because when I think of all the organizations in the NHL, I always think of Detroit as being, like, w- right at the top for yeah. the culture and how they built their organization. 100%. 
right? Yeah, 100%. And so it's surprising that other teams haven't stared at that and went, hmm, what are they doing over yeah, there? Yeah, well, they might have done, made, I mean, this was a long time ago now. This is going back a few years, but I think things have changed a little bit. But yeah, Detroit was, Detroit was first class. But then, you know, the Rangers, Toronto, it was, they were they were first class too. Pittsburgh at the well, time. Well, you're in the NHL. Pits- Everything's first yeah. class, Pittsburgh right? Pittsburgh at the time, not so first class, no. <laughs> Sydney changed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, superstars can do that. Yep. Yep. So you hop on a plane off to Toronto. So you off to go. Toronto, I actually met him in Montreal for the first uh, what was first it? game of the season. What was putting on the Leaf jersey like? I know I asked you last time what was putting on the Canadian jersey when you played for Team Canada at the yeah. um, World Championships. But, you know, in hockey, the Leaf jerseys probably got to be. Dang close to most iconic jersey. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, w- I was super excited, really excited, and uh, and yeah, it's an iconic franchise, right? And um, I was never a Leaf fan, but um, but just being a part of a part of the Leafs and being a part of the alumni now, and I do alumni things with them. It's it, it is it's a, it's pretty special. Yeah. Who was who was coaching at the time when you came? Pat in? Quinn was the coach. Yeah. <laughs> what was Patty Quinn like? Uh, great man. He was an, he was a great man, but, uh, he, he, um, he was, he'd never say hi to you. In, he wouldn't say anything to you in the dress room and he might, might say hi to you, hi to you in the morning. And that, that was it. Wouldn't say too much. And just, but if you went into his office and started talking to him, he'd talk you off for like half hour. <laughs> you couldn't get out of there, but it, um, Superman, um, coaching, Coaching, coaching was good. I didn't really under, I didn't understand it at when I was there. I was like, okay, we got to be a little more structured. Like he was just drop the puck and go. Like there was no, there was no system. He hated systems. He hated the trap. You know, this was back when the trap was kinda, king. Yeah, like, trap was king. New Jersey, you know, they Anaheim. Yeah, Minnesota. they live. New Jersey lived by it, right? And yeah. um, he was just one of those guys. Like we got, we got all these skilled players. Let's just drop the puck and play. Just play. And uh, and at the at that point in my career, I was like, oh, you know, this is we need s- some sort of system here. But now that I've I've gotten a coaching and look back, I mean, now it's probably the right thing to do. Um, just keeping our like no structure and just just play. And it got us a long ways. But then we ran into a team like New Jersey and who were structured and had the skill and you know they they would beat us but but i mean the guys love playing for pat you know he he just like i said let's go and play that's all that's all we had to worry about so what was dealing with the uh media like because you go from tampa bay oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're unbelievable it is unreal like I, <laughs> give us a, give, give me a oh. something that just sticks out in your mind about dealing with the media in toronto well just the doors would open so after you know I, there's five minutes or 10 minutes you get before the media are able to get into the room and the PR people open up the rooms and, and guys like you'd be making mooing, mooing sounds like cows because just cattle just flying in and it was just, and they were running, they were running into the locker room to be the first guy to get to the star of the game or whoever they want to interview. You know, it was, it was a mad dash and they were pushing and shoving and it was, it's unbelievable. And then, and it was busy during the regular season. In the playoffs, you couldn't even—you literally 
couldn't even find us an empty spot in the room. There was that much media. There was that many media people in the dress room. Like they would have to call people, the guys from the locker room. And then they had this crazy rule that you could go anywhere. You could go anywhere in the locker room. And the Leafs were, had just built a locker room where, where, you know, where, where we all got dressed. And then right behind there, there was actual lockers that you took your clothes off, you put your underwear on there. And, uh, and the NHL came up with this rule that, that allowed media to go anywhere other than the um, medical room. Well, we're all getting, I remember I was buck naked and walked around the corner and there was a g- girl from, uh, from uh, the local channel and just, and I was standing there like buck naked and she's like, oh my God. <laughs> and like, that, that had to be kiboshed and they did kibosh it and they said, no, no, you, they had to, they had to put, uh, they had to put ropes again, uh, across the doorway and there was a radio guy and he would stand at the rope at the door, just stand there with his ear you're you know open to to see if he heard anything like you know on the side that he might get an extra scoop in and it was just imagine doing that it was just unbelievable yeah that'd be that'd be a tough job oh yeah yeah because i mean they 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 pretty much have to do that that's their job yeah like to get down there yeah yeah and to get the extra scoop and yeah, Howard Berger that was the guy's name just came to me Howard Berger he was he was the radio guy he had all, all the scoops (laughs) <laughs> who is the who is the best media guy you ever dealt with? Who is the guy that when he walked into the room? Uh, Jim Matheson. I had, a, I had a lot of respect for Jim Matheson. Here in, in Edmonton. Edmonton, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a lot of respect for him. He treated me well and uh, always wrote the you know the right things and didn't um, didn't pretend he knew. He just you know he asked the right questions and did some homework around the stories that 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 he printed. He did the homework first before he just printed something off off the cuff but lots of times aren't aren't correct right so yeah yeah because i mean i mean it's even worse now when we talk about this last time i talk about it with all the older guys right the social media stuff how quickly a story can just go from zero to 200 is yeah. pretty crazy right now and in toronto that's on steroids yeah no kidding yeah who is uh who is maybe one of the coolest people you met well while playing for Toronto because I'm assuming you know like you guys are just on hockey in Canada is on a different level than any other sport yeah I assume hockey in Toronto is probably even on a different level than any other city in Canada yeah we you know we got to meet a lot of people who would come through the dressing room a lot of Canadian rock stars oh um, really yeah like um the guys from the hip oh yeah that were, were there a lot um uh, Jim Cuddy got to know got to know Jim over the years and met him there and um, seen him a few times. I still kind of keep in touch with him. It comes through Cologne a lot in the summer, and I'll reach out to him. We've been to a couple of his concerts and um, Kim Mitchell be at the games. Um, uh, then just some old alumni, right? Like uh, um, Daryl, you know, Daryl Sittler was out all around all the time lanny mcdonald would come by every once in a while best mustache in the game yeah yeah you know and um just some you know henderson and the yeah it was just neat being a part of it yeah absolutely the alumni guys were welcome like they were always you know they'd come down and say hi to the guys but that wasn't really it wasn't always the way in some in a lot of the cities like the alumni guys were kind of 
standoffish. Well, they just like, yeah, you come down here, but you can't go in the locker room and say hi, which was, I think, so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be a part of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the young guys are there because of the alumni. Yeah. The alumni guys have paved their way, right? They've, they're making the money they are because of the alumni well, guys. Absolutely, yeah. 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 What was it like walking into a dressing room with Matt Sandine as the as the guy? I assume he was the guy. He was he was the guy. We had a ton of personalities in that room. We had, I think, at one point we had seven or eight Russians on the team. <laughs> we had you know T- Ty Domi. We had Darcy Tucker, Shane Corson. Um, Gary Roberts had a lot of dynamic um, uh, personalities on the team and Matt's just kept everybody on the same path, uh, on the right path. Like, and he would, uh, as captain, he just had a really good way of, of just reining everybody in, you know, and he talked to everybody, everybody was quiet. And it was pretty loud. We had a pretty loud dress room. Lots of guys like talking, Glenn Healy liked talking, Ty was always talking, Gary Volk. And then, but once Matt said something, it was like, okay, time to zip it and listen, right? So he was, he was awesome. Great captain. Yeah. Must have been special playing under him for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot from him. And it just, and a great guy too. Like just a down to earth guy, but uh, just carried a lot of respect from all the guys. And I don't think you'd find one guy that didn't like Matt Sundin. He was, he, uh, he was liked by all, everybody. In all your travels uh, through hockey, who was was he one of the guys that most surprised in? Like when you walked in and they were just like down to earth, nice guy, moved the world for you kind of thing. Yeah, there was lots of guys, man. Hockey hockey brings a lot of guys who are pretty humble and hardworking guys, and um, Jesus, tough to tough to just name off one guy. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what nationality? Because you would have played with. Well, like you said, Russians, Swedes, Canadians, Americans, whatever yeah. have you. What were the, what was the nationality that was the funnest? The funnest. The funnest. Yeah. Um. Well, the Finns liked their beer, and when when they got going, they were a lot of fun. <laughs> 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 Swedes are pretty low key. Swedes were the Sweden guys were a lot like uh, Canadian guys, just just low key guys who who were just happy, just happy, you know enjoyed playing hockey and and that was their life but uh um yeah i don't know if there was then you know i get some the canadian so there's some canadian guys are just so funny like jason chimera mark bergevin i don't know if you find two funnier guys than those two guys oh so just the pranks they would do and well you gotta give me some of the pranks what are some of the jokes and oh well burge uh, Burge is legendary around the league of what he used to do. He caught me on a, he caught me, we were roommates and he caught me on a, on a prank. He dialed our, our uh, clocks back in our room and caught me on, woke me up early. He said we had missed our, missed the bus and we woke up late and the bus wasn't there. So I ended up giving the front desk guy crap and here, here, here we was an hour. We had, a, we were, it was like 7.30 we were supposed to be there at 8.30. So that was a good prank, but he would do things. Public skating in Tampa. We were in this. We had a dressing room up above, and we were just in this crappy little rink. And uh, there was a um, there was a, a DJ booth just off the side. And Burge would get on the mic and t- start telling the people of public skating what to do. 
like give me two hard laps and stop and go the other way but people listen <laughs> oh, yeah. It, oh yeah they do exactly what he was saying because they didn't know they don't know they don't know public skating <laughs> they just like <laughs> we were so funny such a funny guy oh he'd dress up doing different things and it, you could you could have a whole podcast on mark bergevin uh, stories <laughs> no kidding oh, yeah. do you ever bump into him anymore um i saw him in vegas a couple years ago at the nhl awards yeah 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 i was down there just uh just as a fan and and uh, ran into him at the pool and chatted with him there. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Yeah, we were roommates for for a year. <laughs> oh, good old roommates. Yeah, There's nothing better than getting stuck with some guy and away you go. Oh yeah, no, he was funny. He kept things kept things light. Yeah. What uh, What about when you hit um, playoffs in Toronto? You guys never ever won. But I remember watching those years, and I'm not a Leafs fan, but still rooting for you guys because you you guys are fun to watch back then. Yeah, well, like you said, we were just running gun, like just just play, right? And uh, we had enough skill. We beat Ottawa the three years as we were in the playoffs. We beat Ottawa every year, and they were always they were the up and coming team. They I think they were maybe ahead of us every one of those years, and um, we just knew we our toughness. And our skill level would would eventually beat them, and I think we beat them four straight the one year, beat them in seven another year, maybe beat them in six. Maybe. What was game seven like? Well, game seven was uh, it was intense because we were down three games to one. And we came back and beat them in seven. I think that was that was in two thousand and two, I believe. The my last year in 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 uh, Toronto because we had. Um, we played so that's the, when you had McGillney and Tucker yeah. and Sundin, Renberg, Greichel, Roberts. Right. Yeah, because we beat the Islanders in Game 7, and that was a real killer-be-killed series, lots of injuries. And then uh, then we played Ottawa, and we went down three games to one, came back and beat them in seven. Then we played Carolina in the, fu- in the semis, and we lost in, ga- in six games to them. So that was uh, that was probably our best team yeah. in the three years. That was our best team and probably our best chance to win, but... We just had too many injuries at playoffs. You know, you just run into injuries, and then guys are playing more minutes than they're used to, and get a little beat up. And uh, yeah, we just just ran out of gas, and Arthur Zerbe from Carolina stood on his head, like just ridiculous. <laughs> Greatest goalie match. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but playoffs were a lot of fun. Like the fans going crazy, the city was going crazy. Yeah, it was neat. It, it was really neat. And you know, Rhett, with Wade and I being such good friends, and him him being on Ottawa, <laughs> so every summer, yeah, I, I know he he was ticked off that we beat him every time, but always had the last laugh, I guess. <laughs> well, he did end up getting a Stanley Cup yeah. final, so I mean, well, they had a good team. They, they did. Did, They had a really good team. Lots of skilled guys. Just a little. They were a little. Um, little. A little too heavy on the European guys, and then when they, I think the year they won to the final, they had a few more, a few more grittier guys that got them there. I think. But what was it? You know, like all the young guys now train with Gary Roberts. Uh, was he as intense back then as what I, the stories all of us? Oh hear? yeah, yeah he, yeah he was he was super intense. And he changed things like when he first came to Toronto and he was taking all you know all these pills that were supposed to, you know that 
gave you, you know, just helped your body run and um, his training and he just trying to get all the Leafs to do it right. And it was such a new thing that a lot of guys, including me, were like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go that far, right? It was, it was, it's new, right? It's like you're putting that kind of stuff in your body. Is that good? And he kept, I always remember, he goes, well, you, a race car, you wouldn't put regular gas in a race car, would you? I'm like, well, you know, so, but he was dialed in. Like his fitness was through the roof and uh, he, he, he took a few, quite a few guys under his wing. And uh, Brian McKay was one guy who really um, changed his career. Like he, Brian was always a guy who, not the best in shape guy until he met Gary and Gary just like, it was unbelievable. His change, like the change of his body, the way he played, his strength. And, uh, yeah, he had a great long, long career because of it. Yeah. Did you ever change anything from the start to the end of your career and what you did, maybe training in the off season? Yeah. I mean, I remember listening, you know, I was said earlier, I was re-listening our first one, right? And, it did, never sounded like training was an issue with you. It sounded like you always worked your tail off with usually the U of A Golden Bears back in that time. You really yeah, were... but it, it changed like from the man from the when I first started in the league. Like our our weight room in Tampa was literally <laughs> we had like three bikes, a treadmill, a weight rack, bench, some dumbbells, some a leg squat machine. Like it was pretty minor pretty minor and then by the time i ended it was like everybody had squat racks huge gyms right and it was the training had totally changed from when i started to when i finished and um <clears throat> yeah you just try different things see what works and everybody's coming up with new stuff so it seemed like almost every summer i was trying something new something a little different than what i did before just mostly just because of you know you're just trying to do something a little bit different. You're not getting bored with the same routine every every time. You know, all the bench press stuff that you started doing. Like, nobody does bench press anymore. Like, that's not even an exercise, like, for a hockey guy. And it's... So what did everybody... Sw- what, what did you switch to? What did you find worked the best? Well, actually, um, the thing... Because I had a lot of injuries in Toronto, I, I had to build my core strength. And, um, and Alec, uh, Alec uh, McKechnie... He was the guy that um, did the load management with Kawhi Leonard. Okay. So he was. Uh, this was so. This was going back uh, 2002. So 17 years 17 ago. 17 years ago. And um, and I I worked with him. I worked with him for eight months, and he had me doing all these crazy exercises that they were crazy at that time. But I you watch a Raptors um, warm up, and they're all doing the guys are doing these exercises and. Um, it was all band work. It was all band work. The bands wrapped around your legs and your arms, and and doing all these specific cross body exercises to to work your core, and totally taught me how to breathe using my core and all that, and that gave me the best results. It was really yeah, totally changed. So when you heard Kawhi Leonard was having that, uh, guy, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh yeah, he's gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and, and when he was working with me, he was working with Shaquille O'Neal at that time. And then he had gone on, to, I think he was with the Lakers for a bunch of years when Shaq was there. And then I uh, hadn't heard heard his name for a while. And then he surfaced last year. He got a lot of, obviously, a lot of, a lot of media tape. Especially in, yeah. tr- well, in Canada, Toronto. Yeah. And the Raptors. Yeah. So, yeah, amazing. Amazing stuff. The guy was brilliant. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah, it was kind of neat. Well, you're hearing more and more of that, right? Like more and more. Well, band work. Yeah. um, Wade talked about, I can't even remember what he said, but he liked something very different. But you're starting to see like uh, the yoga stretch. Yeah. um, Dynamic stretching, all that kind of stuff coming in. Lots of squats, lots of, uh, instead of machines, a lot of um, bar lifts. Right, yeah. If uh, that makes sense. Yeah, like all the guys are lean now. Like there's no, there's no, like you see Connor McDavid and all the guys, like they're all lean. There, There's no, there's no bulkiness to the guys anymore, like because there's no hitting. Like you don't have to, like you get all your power through your legs and your core, so they, you know, nobody's lifting all these heavy weights that they used to and bench pressing, you know. And like back when I played, I, you know, they were testing your bench press. You know, how many bench press? So you, you work on your bench press, right? Like, so, so you're. So was your best bench press? Oh, I don't know. I was 220. I, I used to bench 225, you know, a handful of times. But some guys, they'd rattle off like. 40 times. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We also used to do the, the bench press, squats, chin ups. Yeah. They yeah. were pretty standard across yeah, the yeah, board, yeah. no matter where you went. Well, I don't think they do those anymore. If yeah, I really don't, because imagine I don't Connor McDavid. I don't think could do many bench press. Like you hear that, Connor? I'm curious <laughs> how many you can. <laughs> Maybe you can, but we met him the other like, a few weeks ago, and he didn't look like he was gonna be bench pressing too much. But <laughs> he can sure skate. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, folks, but here's your IHD innovative question of the week. Later on in the podcast, Sean Horkoff and Mike Comrie use this object on each other. If you listen and hear the answer, give it to me via Podcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and you're entered 10 times for a bottle of Pink Whitney. Obviously, you got to be the of age to win. Now, back to the show. After after Toronto, you go to free agency. What was your first free agency like? Because you were specifically in the time where free agency was a frenzy. Yeah. Right? Like TSN coined that yeah, yeah. or whatever, free agency frenzy. That was in the time when free agency was actually a Yeah, frenzy. it was starting to because kick off. Because now, yeah. like, I mean, free agency is, as a fan, it's relatively boring yeah right? they're still like, they're still jazzing it up but it's really it's not, really nothing yeah. there right the big day now is closer to the draft there's a lot of movement at the draft right. but back in your time free agency frenzy was was happening like, yeah it was a uh, no i mean you're you you play you couldn't wait to be an unrestricted free agent because that's you know you're hoping to get the pay raise right and yeah so were you hoping to go back to toronto though because i mean you guys had been competitive yeah and i had but i had a lot of injuries that last year with toronto i did i had a lot of like and that's why I was working with Alex, but um, just a lot of core strength. What did uh, you abdominal. end up injuring? Oh, it's my stomach. And then I had a bunch of problems with my, um, well, just everything with my core. Just really weak. And my my hips would, I'd have to get my hips like uh, aligned? aligned before every game. They would just, you'd hear, really? a, pop, you'd hear a pop. And I can't remember the, uh, I can't remember the, um, the ligament. It's between your legs, but... Um, and a lot of a lot of pregnant women it gets that gets stretched there and yeah for some reason it happened to me and I not literally would have no strength and once I got a pop back in I'd have all the strength you know that I needed but 
all that had to be fixed. So after you did all these uh, band work, yeah, stretch, it, was, everything, it all came back? It all came back, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and so so when I went to free agency, though, I didn't get many offers, you know, nothing that was all that great. And because uh, I think teams are just, we're, you know, they were leery that I hadn't played too many games the year before. And yeah. I did have a, a decent playoff, but I, I got hurt in the first uh, series against the Islanders. And um, but then played in, in the Ottawa Carolina series, and then Toronto. They were, yeah, they just. I think they wanted to just uh, find move on, right? And uh, which which is fine. That happens. Um, but again, the injuries. Like they didn't want to pay me money if I was going to be hurt, and that's. I mean, you see that all the time. So, so I didn't end up not signing anything any with anybody, and um, just sat out. Um, just skated with the University of Toronto guys. Okay. Skated with them and just kept doing my these band exercises and it actually probably added another three more years of my career just at rest because um, I, I signed with the Rangers in December and um, that was because I was I was actually going to go play in the uh, Spangler 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 Cup, Spangler Cup after Chris, at Christmas and then I thought well maybe I'll hook up with a European team or something and then the Rangers signed me. Signed me in, in December. They had a bunch of guys go down with uh, with some injuries. So, was that uh, the period where you're just kind of sitting in limbo and yeah, nothing's going on? Are you? Are you? Uh, it must have been oh, pretty frustrating. Tough on that. It's yeah, frustrating. frustrating. It's frustrating. But you know, I you know, I just you just yeah, you just keep yourself busy doing things and try to anyways and but watching and just. I knew for me it was it was good for me. I just I needed to get healthy and needed I needed needed that time to to work on my body and and get some rest. And actually, when I started playing again, it was maybe the best hockey I played in my career was with the Rangers. Those four months, yeah. Is that uh, was Sather there at that time? He was, yeah. So Sather gives you a call. Yep, yep. Sign needed me sign. Literally from, from Toronto, the hockey mecca of the world, to the New York Rangers, yeah. which is not far ba- behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about playing in Madison Square? I love Madison Square Gardens. I probably had my that was my favorite rink. I think I don't remember ever playing a bad game at Madison Square Gardens. Yeah, really. Yeah, it was one of those rinks. Just for whatever reason, everything went right. Everything went out right. Yeah. Got a lot of goals there. A lot of points there. Because yeah. I think like I think maybe because the ice was so bad, everybody was slowed down. <laughs> Frig, you got on that team, and I don't know if yeah he played eighty one games that year. And I know Lindros at the time was not the Lindros of old, right? But you still had Lindros, Mark Messier. Yep. Holy crap! <laughs> oh, we had bro Brian Leach. Yeah, bro. I was on the Sorry, team. I could keep going down. Nedved. I could, I could here. Here, the, these are the old Rangers when we all thought of them like the Yankees where they went around and just grabbed guys. They had your leading scorers that year, Peter Nedved, Lindros, Tom Pody, Messier, Barnaby, Barnaby, uh, Bobby Holik, Pavel Burry, Brian Leach. That was the top nine. Yeah. Top eight. Yeah, and Pav barely played, did he? Yeah, he yeah. only Burray only played thirty nine games. Yeah. I actually kind yeah, of I think he, played, that he was there. Yeah, he played. A, kind of played after I left. He was hurt the whole first half. What was it like walking into that? It was yeah, it was it was awesome. I my time with the Rangers was great. Like I I I was 
I was disappointed when I got traded from there. I was having a good time and um, playing really well. Kasparitos was, was Darius Kasparitos was my partner, probably my best partner I've ever had in my career. Really, just, what was we that? We just had just really good chemistry together. Yeah. He when I got there, he was minus he was minus fifteen, I think. Okay. And when I left, he was plus one. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. I was plus eleven or twelve. And uh, he was, I think he was more disappointed than I was that <laughs> he was, he was pretty mad that I got traded because we, we, we really had good chemistry together. And um, yeah, it, it was, it was neat playing with like, oh, we always played against Eric with a big rivalry with Tampa and Philly yeah. back in the day. And uh, just seeing how hard he worked off, on the ice and off the ice, like just the extra stuff. He was always on the ice early last guy to leave like just he just loved hockey which i didn't you know it was kind of the first time i'd seen a a guy do like do that even in toronto the guys didn't work out work as hard as he did on the ice like which you would never maybe people don't give him enough credit for doing that but that's why he was so good and then messi i mean guy just legendary just you look at the guy and you just instant respect you don't want to let him down and yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he he he'd get mad at some guys, and he'd just give them the death stare, and you're just like looking, and you're like, "Oh, thank God, it's, he's not looking at me, right?" No kidding. <laughs> yeah. He he was awesome just to just to watch him and and um, be the leader he is, and then we had a lot of fun. Like Peter Nedved, he was he was super fun. He just not a care in the world. Just loved loved playing hockey and being being himself and. Bobby Holik, another great player, like um, such a good defensive player, like so strong, and he was making like ten million that year. He made a lot of. I was yeah. as soon as you said his name, I'm like, I remember that contract. Yeah. That's the contract that everybody went. Oh, here comes the salary cap. But you know what? He told me there was another team that was going to pay him the same price. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't surprise <laughs> yeah. me. That that's what I mean. Yeah. For Agent Frenzy back yeah. in the day, right? Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. No, he was a good guy. And Brian Leach was amazing. Like, that was the first time I had played with a superstar defenseman. And, like, unbelievable. He was unreal. So good. Yeah. That was fun to watch him. I played with some good defensemen, but not nothing like him before. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, then, then, then they kind of just had a mixed mash of guys after that. They, were, they always had... Like if you look at the lineup there, there's all these, all these guys guys who are like in and out of the minors and. Well, they had Alex Kovalev, Rem Murray, Boris Mirnov, <laughs> Bo- <old> Boris, yeah. <laughs> Rico Fata, Anson Carter. Well, I got traded for Anson. It was uh, Radic Dvorak and I for Anson. That to was Edmonton. the trade. Yeah, to Edmonton. Yeah. At this time, or is it? Are you just a single guy bouncing around? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just so, are you even buying a place? You just rent? No, I, I lived in a hotel in New York because I signed in December, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I could stay in a in a hot, in a hotel room with a suite. That what did you think of living in a hotel? Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. It was it was because it was just like a it was just like a condo. Yeah, exactly. A condo it had a kitchen and everything in it. Yeah, and um, the practice rink. That was the first. That was the first team that had taken practice ranks to a whole different level. Was the Rangers? How so? Well, they have a they have a, they had a private facility 
Um, well, they still have it with uh, the Rangers, the Knicks, and the Liberty, the women's NBA team. Okay. So pri- private ice rink, dressing room, private gymnasium. You could get, you, the only way you could get in was putting your uh, your hand on the scanner, and um, it was all cordoned off. A compound was all cordoned off for your cars and that. And then you walk in. You got the theater room. You got the huge weight room. I mean, everything was there for, and then they had the chef in the kitchen. You just go over there for breakfast. They feed you breakfast and then you go do your exercises and go work out before practice. And then after practice, go, go back to the kitchen and have your lunch. And they were the, they were the first team that did that. Now, now they all do it. Now all the teams do it, but that was the first. So just having that experience, it was pretty cool. Like, you know being one of the guys that was able to enjoy that and being in a hotel. So I heard, I didn't even really, I didn't never had breakfast. I, well, I just went there for breakfast and uh-huh. lunch. And What was, what was one of the coolest things about living in New York that you, you, you know, you're in there for a week or two weeks and then you're like, man, this is, didn't know about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, it was just fun. It was just, just a, you get lost there. You can you can see why go guys go there and their c- careers go down because <laughs> it's a city that can swallow you up pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you don't have any self control, it's uh, it's a tough city for you. <laughs> uh, pretty much never sleeps, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's the only city I've ever got lost in. Yeah. I was walking, which was probably a bad idea to begin with, but I was walking. I had one day to walk. I had a map, and I was looking at the map and. Usually, I mean, out here we deal with land locations and, <laughs> you know, directions, north, south, east, west all the time, read maps all since I was a kid, super good. And I was reading this map, and I thought I was walking to where the uh, Twin Towers monument was, <laughs> and I ended up in Central Park. And for people who are like, well, where's that? That's the <laughs> complete exact opposite. opposite. <laughs> exact opposite. But it's the only place I've ever been where the, um, the, sky. ta- the skyscraper is just... You can't, bland. you can't see, you no, can't see anything. Yeah, yeah. You just walk and you're just like, I think I'm going the right yeah, direction. Yeah, easily and get then... turned around for sure. Yeah. So I, I, uh. Yeah, the travel. So when I'm visiting, would you ever drive there? Like, you know, you're there. Would you ever want to v- rent a vehicle? or No. You, no. But you know, once you start driving there, it's fine. Like you just, you figure I've it out. I've never jaywalked so much in my life. Yeah, you figure, you figure it out when you're driving. It's, it's not a, not a huge deal. It's just a lot of traffic, but, but it's pretty easy to, to get in and out of. Do you ever get used to the amount of people there? No, no, that's something that you just. Uh, yeah, there's, a, yeah, lot of there's there. a lot of people there. I mean, people. Some of those people have never left New York. Like they've those those taxi cab drivers. Like you know, there's been times where we play the devils and we'll go downtown and want to get a cab back to uh, back to Jersey. And cab drivers look like they have no idea how to get there. Like this is before GPS and all that, and they're. Like, no, we've never been outside of New York. <laughs> so, yeah. How was the trap? Uh, I meant to ask this earlier. Uh, going from Tampa, who's kind of, you know, on the very outskirts of the league, to going to, well, Toronto, but now you're in New York. How's the travel in there where you can, like, you're so close oh, to Oh, so nice. Like, was that a huge deal? Huge deal. It was so, so much better. You know, and then you go to Edmonton, it was like, it was a nightmare. But in New York, when you drive to, drive to the island for... For a game. For the games, you just meet the team there. 
And then um, Washington, we took the train. Philadelphia took the train. So the train runs right into Madison Square Gardens. So at the bottom of Madison Square Gardens is a train station, right? Yeah. So we'd practice and then, or or go to the rink and then take the elevator down to uh, to where the, the train tracks are. And you had to take this back route through, you know, a little bit of a maze and it's kind of through warehouses, the warehousing a little bit. And then and a guy would lead you and then all of a sudden, bang, you're, there's a private train right there and... You guys had a private train? Yeah, yeah, you just get on the train and away you go and then you come out and you're, you know, across the river and yeah, it was, that was really, that was a great way to travel. Loved the train. Yeah, it was awesome. I know you hear media guys talk about it every once in a while about how the travel there helps teams because they're not, you know, when you talk about Edmonton, you pretty much fly everywhere. Yeah. Because yeah. nothing's close. Calgary's no. two hours away, I guess. Yeah. But other than that, everything is. Yeah, and then you know, you drive to the airport. The airport was <laughs> was far, seemed far back then, and minus thirty. But minus, yeah, no, the rain. Minus yeah, the, forty. The, the travel is so much better out east, and it's a big deal. It is. A big yeah, deal. it is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, you're in your bed almost every night. So. So as a team trying to sign prospective Corey Cross free agent teams just have a leg up on everyone because if you're New York for instance travel you can just sell that card easy yeah you could yeah for sure yep yeah no it's uh it's way easier in in the east that's for sure so what did you think of getting so you we kind of you mentioned it what did you think of getting traded out west well, I was I was surprised, but I was happy. I mean, I you know Edmonton kind of being my hometown, and I was excited about uh, about coming coming home. So that was that was exciting. Um, young team, really good group of guys. So and then you know my family was excited too. My dad's always been an Oilers fan, and these were the fun Oilers. Yeah, like uh, no knock on the Oilers right now. I just. Could be the times, could be how much, how expensive it feels like it is to go to a game. But these were like the blue collar team. Like they were fun to watch. I was looking at their lineup when I printed this off, and I was like, "Oh man, like, <laughs> this is this is my jam, <laughs> right?" Yeah, Ryan Smith was your leading scorer, but then you had Todd Marchant and, and Anson Carter, who were like the best duo for for penalty killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Mike York, Mike Comrie, Sean Horkoff, Ethan Morrow, like. This entire list, I just looked down. Ooh, Georgie LaRock, right? Like, mm-hmm. they were well, a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, all those guys, you know, obviously, and well, it was like three short years they were in the Stanley Cup final, right? That's right. What? Yeah. Uh, who did you get traded for in that deal? So it was Radic Dvorak yeah. and I and I for Anson Carter because I think Anson was coming up to he was going to be a free, a free agent. agent. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, they so yeah, I know I know the people in Edmonton were just. They were just mad. I remember reading when I got to Edmonton. I think the headline said "worst trade ever." So I was like, oh. "Do you let that play into your like? Does that bother you?" Uh, whatever. I mean, nah. It, it just gives you a little bit of a a little edge. And you're like, okay, well, I'll have to we'll have to prove them that it's it wasn't not- it wasn't that bad, you know. But you know, Anson Anson struggled. I think after after that he. I think it was the next year I had just as many points as him, I think. 
Yeah, but he's you know Anson was a good player though. Love he loved he played really well in Edmonton, but he went to New York and I think he got a little lost there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, yeah, it, I I was happy the way I played in Edmonton, you know. And uh, was that, it tough like being back around an area where like your family and friends and everybody? It it was it was fun because there was lots of people at the games that I always knew, and there people were getting a hold of me that I hadn't seen in years, or I'd see them at the games after the games, and and um, it, it was it was a fun it was a fun experience, just kind of being home again, right? Playing in front of your family and your friends, and uh, I I really enjoyed it. You know, we got to play in the Winter Classic, and that was the very first Winter Classic. You played in the Winter Classic when they had it in, like, minus 30 yeah. and Tukes and everything yeah. else at the, yeah, yeah. the Commonwealth. stadium. Yeah, Commonwealth. Yeah. Commonwealth. Yeah, that was the first year they did it. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. With, yeah was what amazing. was that like? It was cold. It was really cold. <laughs> really cold. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, that's probably why it was so mem- memorable, because it was so cold. At the time, were you going... This sucks. Or are you going like? No, it was this, cool. Like this is unreal, but I'm freezing my butt off. It was cool. Like I remember uh, running into uh, Joe Juno. He he was in Montreal. I ran into him the night before, and he was all he was all bitter. He's like, "Wow, oh, we shouldn't be playing regular season outside." And I was like, "Really? Like this is going to be a great experience. You're going to remember all for the rest of your life. You're latter. You're you know you're a veteran guy." Um. You know, just enjoy it. Like I, I was like, I couldn't believe he was being so sour about it. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be cold, but who cares? Like, you're gonna remember this for the rest of your life, and uh, and that's the way it was. And and they end up winning. And actually, I think it was you know those those two points hurt us. It hurt us later in the year. We lost, we missed the playoffs by two points. And um, so you look back at it. Well, maybe we should have played. You know, but I mean, it was it was such memorable memorable night. And look now, like now well, it's I was just say. everybody has an outdoor game. Now it's a little bit, it's almost. It's almost watered down. Yeah, a little saturated. But it's it's still a very like cool. It's a cool experience for experience. the players. Yeah. And, and for the fans, like the fans, yeah. I mean, it's just as, but now instead of having one, because that, that was the first, that was yeah, really yeah. cool. Yeah. And it was cool watching the alumni game beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now it's just like, it's just become a very commonplace thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was so neat, and then I, I had so many people. We we actually I rec- actually reserved a restaurant, got a small restaurant after the game, and just all family and friends went to the restaurant after, and we had a great big party and and food and that, and uh, that was, it was just a blast. Like I'm so glad I did it. Even now, like they'll show the games, and people are saying, "Hey, I saw you in the." I didn't realize you played in that outdoor game and. I think I, I got the I got the first penalty in the game, so I got on the score sheet. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great experience, great experience. What was playing with Georgie LaRock like? Georges. <laughs> I'm I'm you know I always, I go back to this. Uh, we had our first uh, one we did was before the Boundary Battle of Alberta. Here right. In Lloyd Minster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was, was supposed, supposed to, to come. have yeah, you and right. George on together. Oh yeah, that'd have been fun. And then you know. I, I, I say it, my listeners probably heard a hundred times now, but Casey, my newest son, is going to hear about right. it oh, for yeah, the rest right. of his yeah, life, right? right? I forgot about that. You're, you're the son who came too early, and I missed out on having Cross and Rock in the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would have been a lot well, of fun. Well, yeah, but that was good. Yeah. Um, you know, George was, George was an interesting guy. I sat beside George for my three years. Did you? Oh, yeah. I babysat him. 
calmed him down. <laughs> I was like, "Is I'm like, just George, just just let it go, man." <laughs> but he he he's a fun-loving guy, just a big kid, just a big kid. He just what would get Georgie worked up? Not much. Not very rarely saw him get mad. Probably saw him get mad twice the three years I played with him. One was Sean Avery. He got really mad at Sean Avery for something Sean had said to him. And, uh, oh, he was going to, he wanted to kill He him. was so mad. Yeah. And wait, Avery had that way. Waited he? for him after the game, actually, in LA, outside, outside the back. And Avery was pretty lucky that there was guys around to stop him. <laughs> and then, um, and then George got, got mad at a guy named Brant Myers and, uh, in a preseason game. And, beat Mizey up really, really badly. And, uh, but those are really the only two times I've ever seen George get mad. And, um, he just loved to have fun. He was just, he was never serious. He was just always gam- like joking around, gambling on whether he's going to make a basket with his tape ball and <laughs> gambling on ba- betting on everybody and everything. And, um, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. He's quite the character. Yeah. I was asking uh, Lance Ward uh, last episode if uh, you go playing in a couple of northern places on the All Star break. Did you guys have a spot you'd go? Um, uh, no, not really. Uh, not, no, I can't remember too many the All Star break. Did you have a place then? You circled on the schedule where this is a fun place to go out, like the boys. Rookie party, have you? Was there a specific spot? Oh yeah, spot? we always yeah. When the season, when the schedule came out, guys were like, "Okay, when can we have our rookie party?" That <laughs> was yeah. It's the date is definitely circled. Yeah. That, so, was there a specific spot you tried to hit? No, like, I assume... it just worked. It, you just had to do it with the schedule. Like if you had a couple of days between games, you just had to you had to take that spot where where wherever it was. You couldn't be picky because. Not a, you don't get a lot of days off in the NHL, especially on the road. You're on the road, usually you're playing your games and you're coming, coming home. So very rarely are you away for, like you have two days before between games. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we had rookie parties in Anaheim, New York, Quebec City. Um, New York one was probably the best I've ever had with, in, with, in Edmonton. <laughs> there was a... It was a fun night. I, I can't I can't really go into too many specifics. <laughs> Just to say we had a rookie race. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. No, a lot of fun. A lot of... And, uh, you know, Florida was always a fun place for a rookie party because it was warm. Everybody's always happier in, in a warm, warmer, spot. In a warmer yeah. spot. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you just, you, you just had to pick different cities wherever the schedule allowed who was coaching when you came to Edmonton Mac T yeah what did you think uh, Mac T uh yeah we had our times we had our differences I think um at first it was good and then uh and then um yeah just the uh, relationship soured for sure I mean I he uh I, I started having a lot of back problems and um and uh, we had a, we had it out one time and was <laughs> in the video room over over a stupid thing that he thought I did and it was just ridiculous he yeah it was uh guy was coming down my left wing and this was my first so I got tr- so this was my first full year in Edmonton and I was having a really good year I'd, I think I scored seven goals that year and I thought I was playing playing good I'd kind of 
tailed off for a week or so, hadn't played great, and he goes, ah, come here, I got to show you something. So we go in the video room and pulls up this video, and this guy's coming down my left side. And just outside the blue lines, winds up for a slap shot, and I, and I pivoted so I could go get the puck on the dump in. And the guy shot it and went, picked up the, the puck, and I don't know what happened after that. And he's like, you flamingoed here. I go, what? He's like, look it, you flamingoed here. I'm like, that's not, I don't know, I'm pivoting to go get the puck. Why would I stand in front of the goalie? Guy's not going to score from here. He's, like, he's outside the blue line. I'm just going to go get the puck. I know he's shooting it in. And then he got in my face, like, you ever flamingo? I'm going to embarrass you in front of the team. And, I, and then I got in his face because I was right mad. And I, and I told him I never flamingoed in my life, and I n- never will, and got right back in his face. And after that, it was the relationship wasn't quite the wasn't same. Wasn't quite the same. No. So, yeah. But what do you what do you think of all the stuff that's been coming out about? Uh, well, Mike Babcock's been the guy who's been getting drugged through the mud. I was saying he off air like Lance Ward last episode. He like, said, case point, he thought Mike Babcock was the best coach he had. Yeah, he was very detail oriented. Told him exactly what he needed to do to be in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, all the coach, all the coaches have their guys. They have their guys. They have their guys that they they crap on or you know, stomp on whatever it is they're the beating boys i mean you've seen it when you played they have their guys that they like they love and never say a bad word like every coach has it and and i know that there's a lot of things that coaches have done that that are totally wrong and uh you know and it's it's kind of nice to hear guys come out but you know it's kind of been done too like it's a different time back then like well, I was saying, yeah, if you read the Brian Kilray book, or probably any book from that time, uh, you listen to the, some of the stories and things he had done to him back in the, would that have been the 60s and 70s, yeah. roughly then? It's like, you can't even compare it to now. Like, no, it was just a different time. Yeah. Just a different time, and things were allowed. Things, that was just the way it was. And so, I mean, the whole racial thing, like, that's just wrong. Like, oh, agreed. And it doesn't yeah. matter what age, like you know, what year. That that's just that's just so wrong. But it's it's the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, the coaches. You know, these coaches are getting paid, getting paid a lot of money. It's their it's their livelihood, and they're trying to get the best out of each guy. Well, and on top of that, if you're not playing well, they're the first guy. Yeah, they're gone. The yeah. So how do you keep your job? Well, you got to motivate motivate these players who are getting paid a lot of money. And so you, tr- I mean, you try every trick in the book, and a lot of those tricks are way offside. I mean, and about I'm sure Baz would be the first guy to admit it. I mean, the stuff he did with Marner that, that that's just offside with a young kid. But I mean, the list is very long with a lot of coaches. Like the stuff you do, and you're like, you'd look back at it after a few years, like, what the heck was I thinking? Like, and you could, I bet you, every coach in the NHL right now has done things that they would look back and say, that was just so stupid. But I was frustrated, didn't know what to do with the guy. How am I going to motivate this guy? Because if I don't motivate him, I'm going to lose my job because the team is going south. And, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's tough. Who uh, Who is your best coach? Well, my best coach was my university coach, Billy Moores. Like, hands, Moore's. hands down. I mean, he was, he was a guy that just demanded respect. He... He was, he was just so respectful to all the players. Um, he knew the game inside and out, 
uh, he was just a guy you would skate through the wall for. Like he would do whatever he said and you would go the extra mile for him. And just so smart. Like, I mean, he taught me, he taught me how to play hockey. There wasn't too many guys after Billy Moore's that taught me really anything new. He just, he was that brilliant of a, of a, of a hockey guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was by far the, the, the best coach out of all, like all the connections, you know, with the, with the hockey knowledge, the ability to get your players and motivate the players and, and the respect that he had. So that's pretty cool. I mean, every guy at a different time in his career has the best coach that does mm-hmm. exactly what he did for you or yeah yeah exactly yeah i'm always a little bit surprised though that it isn't you know i don't know not mac t particular but that an nhl guy yeah yeah you know the coach it's funny the coach the, the coaches back then they weren't that good like they they were just more figureheads than anything you know and they had their assistant coaches who were kind of the quiet guys and um they would do whatever um you know what the kind of the x and o stuff and the and the head coach was just the figurehead kind of the motivator and um yeah i was really disappointed i thought oh man this guy is coaching me in the university i can't wait to coach exactly, in the nhl right? and and it wasn't that it wasn't even close yeah, it wasn't even close yeah I mean, which is kind of crazy to think yeah yeah but back in the i mean I'll, I'll, there wasn't a lot of X and O's back when I played too. Like, guy like Terry Crisp, like it was like Harley Jock the Mirrors, like um, Pat Quinn. Even like it was just let's just go play. Uh, Babs Babs was very Babs was very um, detailed. Yeah, you know he knew his stuff. He knows his stuff. He knows how to coach. He knows uh, knows how to run a run a bench. Um, was he in Detroit when you were in? Detroit? Yeah, he was in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, you were only in Detroit for yeah. a very short, brief stint. But yeah. But then a lot of those coaches are so stubborn. Like, Mac T was so stubborn. Babs is so stubborn. And, and some of why is, why is stubborn, you know, just, I don't know, it was more blindness with, you know, just the, your ego just blinded you with some stuff, I think. And I think that's that's caught up to caught up to both of them eventually in their careers. Like just Our system's never changed. Like in Edmonton, we played a 2-1-2 with a deep pinch. And over and over again, you look at our lineup, like, you got to have um, fast skating defensemen to play that system, and you got to have fast skating forwards as well. It's not a lot of a lot of ton of speed on on the back end in Edmonton, and they make the play. They, when they made the playoffs, they decide to play the trap, and they go to the final. And I know who told them to play the trap. It was Charlie Hutting, Billy Morse. <laughs> like those are the guys that finally talked him into doing it, because he wanted to play a certain way every single game, and it just wore you down. Like that's just a f- skating all the time you know just you know at an 80 82 game season you just can't do it so yeah too many games in the nhl uh well they got to make owners got to make their money so let's say <laughs> everybody's got to make money right let's say if money wasn't an issue which i know we're in fantasy land yeah is 82 too many oh that's a lot of games yeah especially in march march was the league shortened season when they did 40 was that 49 52. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Was that better or worse? Um, Well, it was better, well, just because you started late, so you had that extra rest. But um, yeah, I wish they would have more games early in the year. More games early in the year and less games later in the year. Because so, you're be, you're so beat up, but it's, it's reversed. They don't play as many games in 
October, November, and then in March they just jam them all in in April. Um, have you ever noticed that? I, so a ton, a, a, you're playing every second night in March and April. Yeah. As a fan, I, I as a fan, 82 games is a lot. Yeah. I love the playoffs because yeah. it's the playoffs. And I mean, well, as a season ticket ticket holder, are you going to go to 41 home games? Like lots, lots of people do, but lots of people do. You know, I, you couldn't. I. You couldn't it's pay me. You couldn't pay me to do it. It's a lot. <laughs> is yeah. it the reason why? I mean, you can never be the NFL per se because the NFL has got a game where they play once a week. It's on the same day. Well, now it's not on the same day, but you know they have the mm-hmm. same kind of thing. It's beautiful because I mean it's so easy to as a fan to watch. You got one game yeah. to watch. Watch That's it. That's right. It's done for a week. Yeah. Watch it. It's yeah, done yeah. You get psyched up for a full week and then you're ready to watch again, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. And every game means so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. NHL, I mean, NHL, I can't imagine, you know, being a diehard baseball fan. A hundred and... <laughs> Frig, how do you even pay attention that long? <laughs> like, as a player, once you hit, like, you know, your first season, I'm assuming it doesn't matter. 82 games, you're loving it. Second season, third season, Yeah, you, it gets season. long. But eventually, it's got to well, get it's long. A, it's a job. It's, you know, it's a great job. Unbelievable fantastic job. job. Fantastic job. job. But it's like any job. There's days you do not want to go into the into work, <laughs> and it's like any job, right? I mean, and, and, and you don't even think about what you're getting paid. And yeah, you're getting paid lots of money, and and but you're inter- entertaining people, and it's just it, it. Your body's beat up. You're tired. You've been on the road. You're getting what told it, it's the worst trade in yeah, history. But I mean, you can say it's all excuses, not. But it, it's 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 life. Like yeah. And when you're working, there's days you don't want to go into work, right? It's yeah. It's, but yeah, it, it was, I mean, I would never, I'd never give it back in a million years. I loved it, but, uh, but yeah, and maybe people don't understand, won't, wouldn't understand it, what I'm saying, but it is tough. It is a tough, tough way to make a living. The fanboy in me wants to know, what was uh, skating out underneath the uh, oil derrick like? <laughs> <laughs> well, it got you. It was it was cool. It got you jazz, jazzed up for sure. Can you please tell me why they didn't put it in the new rink? I never even thought of that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I would love to get whoever on this bloody thing to tell me why they didn't put it in the new rink. Yeah, that's right. I, it drives I ne- me nuts. I never thought about that. Grew up as a kid watching that thing. Yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. Coolest thing in the world. Yeah, history cool. It was pretty cool. And then now they don't have it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it was just uh. Oh, sight lines and all that. Maybe yes. it's too much money to put the Derek in there. Oh, I don't yeah, know. right. <laughs> they spent all the money already. <laughs> oh, man. That was like... What did you think of the old Coliseum? I guess by that time it was Rexall Place. Yeah. Well, you know, it always had the best ice playing against it. And it, was, it was legendary for the best ices in Edmonton. But by the time I got to Edmonton, the you know, everything was getting old. So the ice yeah. was wasn't as good as it was in the previous years that I had remembered it and it just slowly kind of got worse and worse, but it just got old. Right. And, um, I mean, go to this new stadium is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Right? I mean, like they spared no costs whatsoever. Except for the oil derrick. Except for the oil derrick. Somebody really needs to tell me what <laughs> went on there. <laughs> I'd like to say it's in the, sitting in the dressing room, but it's not in the dressing room. I've seen the dressing room. It's not in there. <laughs> Maybe it's all back. I don't know. Yeah, they're using it for Cinderella, Cinderella Huskies using it. <laughs> well, times are tough. <laughs> I want to talk to you about, uh, in the first, we talked about uh, you going over to 
was it Sweden? Germany. Germany for the for the world championships. Oh, for the world championships, uh, Finland. Where did you go for the second time? Second time was Switzerland, and then the third time was back to Finland. So I went three times. Went three different years. But you, you went three times. Yeah, three times. Yeah. Twice you won gold. Twice won gold. Yeah, won gold both times in Finland. So in '97 went to Finland, won gold. '98 went to Switzerland. We end up fifth or sixth. And then in 2003, so after um, when I got traded to Edmonton, there was actually six of us went to the World Championships from the Oilers to Finland, and we won gold again. What was what? Uh, I know we talked about it a little bit last time, but getting to throw on the Canadian jersey had to be something special. You're not getting paid to go over there and do that, correct? No, no, no. That's like totally. Let's go have a fun. Yeah, yeah, boys. See what we can do. Yep. On that uh, team you played on the last time and won gold, you had uh, Roberto Luongo in that? Mm-hmm. Well, he was our backup. Sean Burke was our... Sean Burke was playing number one? He was number one, yeah. Who was your D partner in that tourney? Uh, Matthew Dandino from Detroit. Did you... Uh, when you went to tournaments like that, were you excited to see who they were going to stick you with? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's always fun to play play with different guys. Yeah, and, and meet different guys. And uh, Matthew, yeah, I didn't know him, you know, didn't know him at all. And yeah, we connected. We we had a real good chemistry together too. He liked to rush the puck, and so I just stayed back and watch him go. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I was kind of a late pickup that year as well, and and so I wasn't too sure. I just showed up and. <laughs> and uh, the tournament was starting the next day. Yeah. I, I showed up. The, Hop on the ice. Yeah. Let's do this. And I, I was the only guy with um, a guy named Mike Polino was their assistant coach. And it was, uh, I think it was me and Lou. Luongo, we were out on the ice together. Um, we were just the two of us just for a morning skate because we had like a 4 o'clock game against um, Latvia, I think. And uh, it was funny because uh, Luongo wanted to work on his wraparound, on the wraparounds. So here I'm at defense and I'm like working on a wraparound. Like when do I ever wrap around a puck? So honest to God, that night we're playing Latvia. And you I did not score on a wraparound. I scored on a wraparound. You scored on a wraparound? <laughs> on Arders Urbe. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, was so did funny. you go handshake Roberto after and say thanks for that? Well, it was funny because Mike Polino, after I scored, I was on the bench, he comes down and he's just beaming. He's like, thank God we worked on those this morning. <laughs> I was like, oh. So so hilarious, yeah. The hockey gods. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? no kidding. Like how many times do you do something silly like that, and then the next day it translates? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I always laugh when a guy, you know, not quite the same, but forgets his helmet and has some weird new bucket on, and then scores like a hattie, or <laughs> forgets his gloves yeah, and yeah. puts somebody's new on, and right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems like it always seems to work that way. Work, of course, work, you work, work on wraparounds. Yeah, and yeah. You score one. Yeah. What was the toughest team to play in those tournaments? Was it Sweden? Uh, Sweden. Yeah. Sweden was always really good. Uh, I know Czech Republic always had a good team. Finland. Finland would play hard. Um, I don't remember. I don't know if. Yeah, we played Russia. Maybe we played Russia once or twice. They were Their teams were always just a lot of like... Um, at that time, it was Kate. Like they were Russian guys, not guys from the NHL. Um, yeah, those Sweden and Finland, Czech. They're always they're always strong teams. Yeah, because they, they they just everybody played harder when you're playing for your country, right? And 
the guys that maybe didn't play so hard in the NHL to go there and they yeah, and be they unbelievable. Were. And you're just like, wow, like, geez, I wish he would have played a little, little harder when he was with, uh, you know, playing with me during the year. But it's it's just the nationalism, you know. You're pretty proud of representing well, your country, right? There's, I always, I'm pretty sure I say this to all guys. I wish, I wish I could have been good enough to have worn the Canadian jersey. I'm sure a lot of kids say that. Yeah. Right? Like that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was, it was a highlight of my career. Yeah, for sure. Couple of world championships. Yeah. You got the gold medal just sitting in your house then? Uh yeah, I got them all in uh in a shadow box, two two shadow boxes and yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, definitely the highlight of the highlight of the uh walk by hello, the hello by, there yeah. old yeah. friends. Well, yeah, I got to tell a funny story cuz cuz the one the one band of my uh gold medal is all discolored and uh people always go why is why is that so discolored like it's really obvious and so the story was uh so you know when you first go over there it's just a team so guys are having fun like going out having a few pops and and having some good team bonding stuff and then the families come over the wives like you're allowed to bring one guest over on team canada's you know they'll they'll pay for one one guest and then sometimes there's you know moms and dads come over too and your wife and and then the the fun kind of stops like the team bond team bonding stuff <laughs> it stops right <laughs> and but some guys don't don't bring anybody over or they bring a buddy over or a brother so their fun is still continues Continue, right yeah. <laughs> and um and uh Comrie M- Mike Comrie and um Kyle Call I think it was Mike Comrie and Kyle Calder I think I think it was Kyle but it was for sure Comrie they wanted Horkoff to come out, and and Horkoff's uh, wife had had just gotten there. And he's like, "No, I'm not coming out." So, so they unscrewed his eye, the eye, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the you look through the the people. The they, people. They screw. They unscrewed the people from the hallway, and they stuck a fire extinguisher in the in the eye in the peephole, and shot a fire extinguisher out, thinking that. Just a little bit would come out. Well, the whole thing extinguished, and it just once it got into the room, it just it it really went all over the place. This happened in Horikov's room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and it was a bit of a like MC was whoops. It, yeah, there it was a definite whoops. Right, they didn't think that was going to happen, and. Uh, and anyways, we go on. They got a new room and they clean it up. And then, <laughs> <laughs> the bad joke, bad oh, joke. It's just Team Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If my, maybe I shouldn't be telling this story, but anyways, um, so, boys will be boys. Yeah, yeah. So after after the final game, we win, and we're all celebrating. I'm kind of with the, all the other guys, and uh, Mike Comrie, MC is he's sitting on on the on the bench and I'm standing in front of him and we're, you know, having some celebrations with some beer and, and all of a sudden, uh, I look to the, over my right shoulder and there's Horkoff and he's got a fire extinguisher in his hand and he is standing like literally like three feet from Comrie and shoots his fire extinguisher off right at MC, just nails him, just poof all. And he is completely white. And I'm like, and then Horkoff goes to turn off, and as he's turning off, he can't turn it off, and he's like, the thing comes up, <laughs> s- hammers me, 
and uh, hammers a couple other people. Well, he can't turn it off. So, so the thing extinguishes in the room while everybody is r- running out of the room because there's just I don't know what that stuff is in there, but it's very it's very potent. It's right? not good. No, and the whole place is white, and uh, my eyes are burning. MC is completely white, head to toe. My face is white, and uh, so we jump in the shower trying to wash the stuff off, and uh, come out, and everybody's gone out of the dress room, and everybody's on, on the ice. Everybody's on the has, has gone on to the uh, the ice to keep celebrating, and um, so that's why now everybody goes on. You know how they win in the Olympics or whatever. They go on the ice and they celebrate on the ice. You're telling me they celebrate on the ice because <laughs> Horkoff <laughs> smashed Mike Comrie yeah. with a fire extinguisher <laughs> exactly. because previously they'd unscrewed a people yeah. and splashed him with it. Yeah, that's how the whole tradition started. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, and so I was wearing my medal, and all that stuff got on my ribbon, on my medal, and that's why it's all discolored. Yeah, but who cares? That's yeah, a great but, story. Yeah, but right? it leads like, to that story, let right? Let me tell you <laughs> yeah. this story. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm still trying not to cry because I'm laughing. That was good. Yeah. Patty Marlowe is on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was young Patty Marlowe then. Young Patty Marlowe. Yeah. What do you think a guy, uh, he's been struggling a little bit this year, but oh. for a guy his age still <laughs> was playing? Was he 42 or 3? Or I don't know what he is. But. Oh, I think he's 41, isn't he? I'm not sure. But he was such, he's such a mild-mannered guy back then. Hardly said two words, right? And uh, But what a career he's had, man. Just the real, you know, for the longest part, he was, longest time he was, Forty. He's born He's 40. in seventy nine. Yeah. So nobody knew him. Nobody knew him. Like he was the most underrated guy in the league, I think. You know? And uh well, everybody knows him now, right? It's yeah. So quite the career he's had. Yeah, well hats off to anyone who can play that. Oh gosh. And being and being productive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. What's the biggest thing you miss about being done? I mean uh, you've been done now for several years, but I yeah. mean like well, you always miss the paycheck. Can't can't lie about okay, that. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. But I, I um, it's the adrenaline rush. The dren like skating through the dark. That adrenaline rush. The time you you hit the ice, um, for um, you know, to start the game. That adrenaline rush you have will never. I don't know if can ever be matched to anything you do now. Well, like on the a, Sean Newman podcast hasn't done that for you. It was close. It was close <laughs> second. Close second, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I have never found anything that's given me that kind of adrenaline rush, and um, and I'm not a wild and crazy guy, anyways, to do something stunt like or yeah. whatever. But you know, I've people are like, "Well, don't you get excited to play a different sport or or something?" I was just like, "Well, no, it's doesn't match what what I used to feel when I step on the ice." You to play at the best league in the world for some of the most scrutinized teams in the sport yeah right? yeah they're, yeah i know just a packed building and people screaming at you and you score a goal and the place goes ballistic yeah i mean it's just it, there's nothing better right what was the coolest thing you ever got to skate out of <laughs> the derrick was it the derrick <laughs> i don't know if i skate on anything else i can't tell if you're making fun of me right now because <laughs> you got to in detroit you would have got to skate out of the octopus no or was it not there 
Oh, I don't. Geez, I don't even recall. Obviously, you can tell I pay attention to what teams skate. Yeah, at. yeah, exactly. It's a big thing for yourself. Yeah. Well, you see Vegas now. <laughs> they get the the helmet comes down. They skate through that, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty badass. <laughs> right? The shark in San Jose. Yeah, the shark in San Jose. The octopus in Detroit. Yeah. No, I don't think I. I think it was the only Derek was the only thing I skate out of. I think. Well, and then Derek, it is. Yeah. So Derek was the coolest thing. Yep. <laughs> I know you're laughing. Bring at it me back. Got to bring it back. Well, they got to bring it back. Got to bring it back. Let's. We should get get on Twitter and start. Uh, it's all about creating an atmosphere tweeting. in a building. What do they call? It? What do they say about the new building? There's no atmosphere in it. Well, for one, right at the start of the game, they just skate out. Well, that's gee, that's great. Put the Derek back in. Yeah. Have some fireworks. Have a bigger Derek. Imagine, right. imagine the size of Derek that could be in there now. Now you're just being a smartass. <laughs> Huge Derek. <laughs> <laughs> be like five times the size of the old one. <laughs> what a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Pittsburgh and Detroit? I know they were very brief stints. Yeah. But you got to go into a Pittsburgh team that had Sidney Crosby. Yeah. What was that like, even for the very short time? Yeah, it was real short. It was, yeah, it was just a blip. Um, but Sidney, Sidney was, was his first year in the league, and he was just learning things. You know, he was back then, he was just trying to feel his, feel his way you know, into the league and how he's supposed to act and, um, you know, talented. Like, you could just tell he was going to be a superstar. I mean, yeah. things he did. But, uh, I mean, it was so quick. Hardly played. They they brought me in there, and and then I played, like, the first two games and then didn't, hardly played. Hardly played any games there. And, um, yeah, the co- I mean, they were last place, so they were just going to – I said to – Craig Patrick said, well, I'm not sure why, why he even traded for me. Like, and he's like, well, I want to bring in some leadership and that, but you know, coaches, he just wants to play the young guys and give them, get them the experience. So, which yeah. totally get it. Totally, totally get it. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, if you can, if you can move me at the deadline, be great. You know, I don't have to keep sitting here. And I mean, all the veteran guys were saying that all the veteran guys are like, get us out of here if you can. Right. And I think, uh, yeah, Recky. Did Recky and I? Yeah, Recky and I got traded, and yeah, all the other guys were a little ticked that they didn't get moved. moved. But but uh, I was lucky. I you know went from went to Detroit from there. Yeah. What was what was going from Pittsburgh, bottom of the league, but superstar in the making, to favorite player? Love to ever get him on this podcast, Evy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, I ran into we were I was in Tampa a year and a half ago with with some oil patch buddies. And we were playing in a hockey tournament down there. Went okay. down there on a boys trip and and I and I went to, we went to a morning skate and Stevie Y was there, so obviously stopped and said hi and and he was he was talking to one of his video guys and um, Steve was like and the video guy said yeah we're just I said what do you guys you know how how's the team going and and Steve's like, yeah, we're just, you know, he said it goes, we're just, you know, lacking a little bit of leadership and which is f- kind of interesting that he said that with Stamkos there, but, um, sometimes it just takes guys years to learn. And I was yeah. telling that I started, my two buddies were there with the video guy and I said, you know what, Stevie, like for what I remember the most for me getting traded is, is, uh, you called me when I landed in Detroit, there was a voicemail on my, on my phone and it was you and you had just called me to welcome me to the team 
and congratulate my daughter had just been born a couple of days earlier. So he congratulated me on that. And um, he goes, you know, if there are any, any questions you have or any concerns, just give me a call. If not, I'll see you at practice tomorrow. So it was like, a, you know, a five-second message. But but I said to Steve, I said, you know what, that was, you know, you didn't have to do that. Like I was a veteran in the league and playing 12 years. But just that phone call. Meant the world. It, you know, it, I re- always remember it. And it just showed the kind of leadership you were, like the leader you were for the team to just welcome me to the team. It was, it was so, so cool. And, the, and Stevie was like, he, he, he didn't remember because it was like, it was, it was for him, it was like nothing. Like, you know, just something he probably did to all the guys. But, but for a new guy coming into a team, it, it, it was spoke volumes, right? So that's why I always lean back on Detroit being such a special organization. Yeah, they exactly. Had, they had Stevie Y there, which was a huge part of it. But from the stories I've read, Stevie Y had to be groomed into leading somewhat like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, for sure. That, they all get everybody has to be groomed a little bit, right? Like, absolutely. But those little things go. Well, look at. Yeah, look yeah. At, I'm still talking about. I still talk about. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah, and you know, and it was the ownership in in Detroit too. The Illiches, like, they were loved. Like, um, like, you know, when you see film and them winning the Stanley Cup, the Illiches were right there and. And all the guys, they just speak so highly of uh, of the Illiches, right? And that's and that just carries through through the organization. So that's probably why it's such a good good team, good organization to be with. It says you only played sixteen games that year. Was mm-hmm. that so? I got traded at the deadline, trade deadline. So that was uh, March 9th. So did you? What did you get? You played playoffs then. So I played 16 games. Um, as Nick, Nicholas Cronwell is my partner, got scored on once. Play, was playing really good. Say that again. You got only scored on once. Yeah. You and Nicholas Cronwell. Yeah. Only scored on once. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was real happy the way things were going, and then, and then playoffs started, and um, we're playing the Oilers. So I'm ja- I'm jazzed. I'm like. Because I could just got I got traded earlier in the year. I got traded to Pittsburgh from, and I'm just can't wait. I'm sorry, this isn't funny, to you, but sorry, yes. So yes. I can't wait to play them, <laughs> and then I go. We go to practice the first practice before the playoffs start, and uh, they've called up an American League kid, Brett Lebda, and put him in the lineup and sat sat Jason Woolley and I, no, and um, yeah, I was so disappointed. I was like. Well, no, I really didn't know what to say, and actually, Wool Wooly, he he came to me. He goes, "I'm more mad that you're not playing than I'm not playing." He goes, "That's you know, that's bull crap." He's like, "You know, he he was really vocal, and I didn't want to. I thought about going to talk to Babs and saying what you know what's up, but I'm like, you know what? If he doesn't want me in the lineup, there's a reason, and I just kind of left it, and and then I'm thinking, okay, well." I'll get in the lineup at some point. And um, we win the first game, so obviously they don't change the lineup. And then we lose the second game, so I'm thinking, okay, now they're going to change something. And then the third game, they don't don't dress again back in Edmonton. We win that game. Fourth game, uh, we lose. But then now I'm thinking, okay, well, now I haven't played four straight games. They're probably not going to change the lineup anyways because – and then I didn't. We lose game five, and we lose game six, and we're out. I have to say this: the only reason I laugh at this story is you're giving me probably one of the fondest memories in my spoiler <laughs> history came at your expense. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Because as an Oilers fan, I was alive when Gretzky and them were winning cups, but I don't remember any of that. Yeah. I remember the dark 90s where we worked our butt off, and the fondest memories you have are beating Dallas and right. like best of sevens where we had no business and Curtis Joseph stood yeah, yeah. on his head. The fondest memory is that year. Right. And that year we were an eighth seed playing the Detroit Red Wings, and I kind of forgot you were on that team. Yeah. And, uh, well, heck, that was, like, I'm telling you, the best memories oh, yeah, I mean, are those. But that sucks. I, I guess didn't even dawn on me that you were a part of that organization. You must have thought you had the world by the tail because, I mean, that team later on, years later, goes to win on and cut. Yeah, like, well, that team was loaded. Well, when, we got to, when I got traded, so when I got called and I got traded, like I'm in the hospital with Shannon just had, the, had her baby. And so I'm in the hospital, I'm like, I'm going, Holy where? crap. I said, this is my chance. This is this no is going to be our chance to win. You know, we you know went from last place to first place in a phone call. And so stoked. So stoked. And um, Were they President's Trophy winner that year? Yeah. Yeah, we won the President's Trophy that year. Yeah. Well, I guess that was the uh, the jinx, right? Uh, yeah, that was the jinx. But. Um, well, li- listen to the names you Oh, it was, just, it was amazing. Datsuk, Zetterberg, Shanahan, Lidstrom. You walk in that dressing room, man, it was who's who of, it was ridiculous. Like, there's even, I go down down the list, Chris Chelios was on that team that year, Nicholas Cromwell, which everybody remembers, Maltby, Franzen, Chris Draper. Chris, yeah. Oh, we had an amazing team. Stevie Y. We had an amazing team. It was just, Manny Legacy didn't play as well as he should have, you know, he, he had a really good year, but then... Came I should up, point out Robert Lang as well in there. Yeah. Came up a little short in the playoffs, Manny. You know, we just got out, out goaltended. Rolson played real well for them. and Rolly played. Yeah. Rolly was like on another level. Yeah. And so Osgood, Osgood was the backup. And Manny didn't play all that well in the second game. So Ozzy was thinking he might go be in the third game. Well, we go for um, we go for morning skate just – the guys that weren't playing in Aussie to get some shots on him, he pulled his groin. No shit. Pulled his groin, so he didn't get in. Didn't get in the lineup. So you know who knows, right? But Aussie was a real money goalie. He well, came years up, later, yeah. he was the guy who put in net. Yeah, he came up big when, when, uh, when needed. But yeah, I mean, they just the Oilers just grind, grinding them down, like just the phys- physicality sucks, of the team. You know, to be plus one, or not plus one, to only get one goal scored against you, it's like, what more do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was I was really disappointed. But, yeah. What, what can you do? After, after the, that was your last season in the NHL. Yeah, right? that was the last, yeah. Was it, was there offers to come back, or was it? There were some two-way offers. Yeah, but I was, I was done. I was, you know, I my back was totally done. My back was done the year before. Like I, the only reason I could play another year was there was a lockout. That lockout kind of survived another year, yeah, because of the lockout. Just another year of rest, but uh, yeah, I was, I I could I couldn't skate. My skating was labored just because my back and it, it was I was pain. I was in pain every day, every day. So it was I I was done mentally and physically. I was just done. Has the pain gone away? It still comes back. You play, you know, something. I, you know, I still play once a week. 
which isn't enough, right? And but yeah. then the old the sores come back and yeah, but it's I mean my back's way better than it used to be. I mean I I, I could hardly get out of bed, you know, at sometimes, especially on the road when you're on a different bed and I uh assume too by the end bouncing around from city to city was probably tough on your wife at the time and now you have a family. Yeah. Yeah, she was oh she well, I mean, we met in Edmonton, so we really went to Pittsburgh and Detroit. Yeah. So it wasn't all that tough on her. I mean, you know, she she wished I would have played. She was always pushed. Well, play you know, sign with these guys. And try to <laughs> so, play longer, right? Try to play longer. Sign with Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take us somewhere. Yeah, warm. she wanted to experience the lifestyle a little bit more. But then we went to Germany and we had a. It was a great experience. Yeah, what did you there. think? Uh, uh, the elite league in Germany. It was good. It was good. You know, it was really comparable to the American league. What did you think of the fans over there? The fans were amazing. I mean, your European hockey is it's amazing. It's made by the fans. Yeah. I mean, uh, I highly recommend it to go at any any level of hockey. Any level. Any level go, to, go to a game and check it out. It's something that you'll never forget. My dad's face when he – him, um, my mom and dad came over, and after the game, I'll never, I'll never forget my dad's face. And he's like, what the hell was that? It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it is like, so much fun. Until you go over and experience it, it's hard to – You can't. You can't even explain it can't experience like even if you tell somebody this is what happens like you don't believe it till you see it and right. and the dl is a good league like oh the, well. the, the difference the difference between all the the nhl and the dl is the passing and the hockey sense of the guys that's really a really the the big change the big difference there because everybody can skate everybody can shoot but just the passing passing isn't as crisp and the hockey sense isn't quite there but other than that everything's pretty high level did you ever get accustomed to the giant ice oh yeah well i played in world championships true and and i just knew you just played between the dots like you know and you got away with a little more hooking or holding there and it was yeah <laughs> no i i i always enjoyed playing in europe so the fans the fans are always made it that was some of the fondest memories I have of hockey come from the fans over there. Oh, for it was sure. Just something diehards, and just something you just never have ever in any barn I've ever been to in North America I've ever seen. No, and you never will. You never will see it because it's it's impossible to to do. Well, people just don't know how to act like that over here, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> you know, they don't. All right. Well, I've had you in here now for closing in an hour and forty-five. So let's do the Crude Master Final Five. Crude Master, uh, obviously Heath and Tracy McDonald, huge. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 They're uh, huge uh, advocates of what I do, so I appreciate their support. Yeah, I know Heath. Yeah. And so I got five questions for you. I've been trying to think of five that aren't the five we did the first time. Oh, okay. So. The first one is if tomorrow you could pick, and now I got to think about this, um, to join any organization across any of sports, where would you go? And we'll say you're a player, not management. New England, New England Patriots. You'd be a football player. Football player, love football. Yeah, well, and can you argue? I could probably go be their water boy <laughs> and get a ring on my finger. <laughs> be awesome. <laughs> like, have you ever seen anything as? ridiculously awesome is what they're doing. Like, it is I mean, amazing. It's just, just like year after year. Like oh, I love oh, watching oh. them play because they're just, 
I methodical. mean, they're just methodical, and it's amazing what they can do. It doesn't matter what guys they've had in the lineup and the guys they've lost, and for all different reasons, right? And they just keep winning. And it, it is uh, so amazing. And Tom Brady, I mean, I love watching that guy play. He's and just. Now, well, how old is Tom? 42? I think he's 42. Because there, there's an ageless wonder. Yeah. I mean,. Talk about a guy slowing the game down to a to a men's league level, right? <laughs> God, <laughs> it's amazing. He just sits at seventy-seven, so that is forty-two. Forty-two. Yeah, August he turns forty-two. Yeah, yeah. He it, just sits in the pocket. What I love about him when you watch him play is if he's got nothing, right away he just throws it. You know, a young guy wants to use his legs. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I yeah. can get out of this. Yeah, yeah. And then what happens is they get smacked, and as soon as you start getting smacked, that's where injuries. That's happen. right. Yeah. So Tom rarely gets in a spot like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's at that age too, right? Yeah. And what, what's amazing, he, what I what I understand is he works so hard off the off the field to know all like he knows that team, the other team, better than they know themselves. Yeah. Like it's just amazing. Well, so when he gets on the field, he he knows what they're doing. Like he automatically, he's like he can read the defense. He's like, this is exactly what they're gonna do. One of the stories I love about him is uh, in practice, if he gets intercepted, he uh, he pays guys to for interceptions. Oh, is that right? Oh, I didn't know that. And then he takes his offensive line out for meals all the time too. I think so yeah. another one. So because he wants he wants them to be well. Both yeah, well, he knows. I don't want I don't want you to slack up on me. I want you to try and grab that ball because if you grab it, yeah, in a game that costs us. That's, that's right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I mean, and it's not like he's hurting for the money. He's got the money. And you see the little the little clips they put out on on their media net, and he's he's such a leader, and everybody loves that guy. Like yeah. Julian Edelman, man, like he just loves that guy like yeah. it's just amazing to see and you know and it all comes from ownership too like uh, i'm sure um craft the owner there he's he's a little bit like mr illich was back in his day with the detroit right everybody just loves that guy yeah question number two if you could go for coffee with one person or uh stanny's rum stanny's rum <laughs> what do you think of the stanny's rum stanny's rum's pretty good yeah, yeah i would recommend uh Going to the local <laughs> store if it's uh, or going over the Fountain Tire or maybe go to maybe Stan, Stanny's <laughs> house. <laughs> what uh, if you could go for a coffee or beverage of your choice with one person? Who would you oh, go man. with? That's a tough question. Yeah, I've I, I, I maybe I'll just stick with uh, Tom Brady. How about that? Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah well, that wouldn't Why be a not? bad one. Why not? Gronk. Yeah. Well, that's probably the that part two of the question. One, the first part of that question is always coffee. If you could take, if you could be a fly on the wall and go party and meet one guy for a night, who would you go with? Yeah, Gronk. Gronk in a heartbeat. <laughs> you know, Gronk wouldn't let you have a dull time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Today I was watching on um, Sports Center. I think it was. Doesn't matter. They were having the best coach freakouts of all time. So where they throw sticks. Uh, I'm sure everybody's seen the baseball one where he uses the, yeah, yeah. the white bag as a, a grenade and he's right. crawling. In your playing time, did you ever have a coach do the John Tortorella where he tried attacking the other team down the hallway, throw sticks on the ice, water bottles, 
you had to have had one coach who uh, waved the white flag. No, no, nothing. Nothing? Pat Quinn put his fist through a... So we were in Washington, and they had just built a brand new rink there, and they had this board that went over the TV. It was uh, like the, the rink board. Okay. And he put his fist right through it. Why for? He was pissed, pissed. We were playing poorly, and somebody, he, I think he hit the Gatorade too. Some, somebody's throwing the Gatorade, <laughs> destroyed the Gatorade thing. Um, yeah, I don't, no, I don't, uh, I don't recall any. Oh, there was a, there was a freak out in Germany actually. We had a coach, and uh, and he, um, we lost our first game in the playoffs against Dusseldorf. And um, he brought us in, gave us some video. Oh, so we had to come in the rink two hours prior. So we started video. We started video, like, I think we had an afternoon game, so let's say it was 2.30 game. Started video at uh, noon. And we had warm-up at 10 after 2. And he had just this clip. And, he, and it, was, it was a, um, like, it just clip after clip. Like, what do you call those, like? Uh, a circular just had a like a whole string of clips sure about Dusseldorf taking advantage of us and not and us not <laughs> reacting or and I thought I thought we just played a good you know disciplined game right and um so he, he was just getting us psyched up and he's like this guy he's got a bad leg you know break you know <laughs> do something <laughs> like, you know, and he's going on and on about their team and He's just cut, cutting us down. Talk about like <laughs> mentally, mentally psyching us up. He showed this circle of clips for until it was ten to ten to two. So it was a, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was a good hour, I guess. So yeah, it, it was one o'clock. We started the show, so it was like fifty minutes. Fifty minutes of the, the same. same, the same circle of clips. And uh, while we were all, like, I look around, he leaves. Finally, our goalie's like, hey, I got to get ready. I haven't even stretched. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I get ready. And he r- goes out. And uh, I look around and the guys are, I'm like, boys, we got to, you know, we can't let this like throw us off our game. <laughs> Me being the veteran guy, right? But we're all frothing at the mouth. We're going to kill these. You know, we're going to go out and just lay a whooping on these guys. Doesn't matter, right? Because he had got us all riled up. Well, we had 20. Four penalties. 24 penalties in a European game. 24? 24 penalties. Yeah, we lost the game. <laughs> lost game two. <laughs> 24 penalties. We were just being more, not very smart and taking a lot of dumb. And, but we had to show them. That we, no, we were tough. And uh, so that was probably, that was right out of slap shot, that talk. I, I wish I would have filmed that talk because that would have been right out of slap shot. That was, talk about times have changed, right? But that was, yeah. That's probably... Probably the wildest thing I've ever heard a coach do, or a speech. Yeah. Who you got in the World Juniors? Oh, uh, well, I got to go with Canada. I I don't really follow. I don't honestly. I don't follow. And the, they got uh, local boy. Yeah, Ty, Ty Smith. Smith. Yeah, I'm and, looking forward uh, to watching him. And Boehm Byram, who is lights out. Yeah. Their D is. Yeah, real quick, real, mobile. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, I think. I don't really follow it though. I don't really know the players. So, mm, okay. Yeah. Well, you're not taking a bad pick with Canada. I yeah, mean. but I'm sure the states will have a good team. I don't know who else is favorite. 
favored? Well, it's the same as Sweden. Yeah, Russia. Yeah. They're all going to be the top top yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's always fun to see some of these Canadian young Canadians and Ty playing. I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah. Yeah. All right, your final one. If you could pick a final game to go to across all the sports, all the major sports, soccer, basketball, hockey, football, baseball, which game do you go to? <laughs> well, I would have loved to have been to the Ra- one of those Raptor games last year. That would have been, that would have been a blast. Um, but it all depends on who's playing. Like if, if – if, you know, if I'm at a, if I'm at a, so Tom Brady's playing in the so, Super Bowl, and then I'm, I'm, a, I'm. Edmonton the, Oilers are playing in. Well, I don't know. Is it? Yeah, Edmonton I would. Oils? I wouldn't do hockey. Wouldn't do hockey. No, no, not a chance. So you'd, do, you'd rather do basketball. If, if it was only, a, if, if it's a Raptors, okay, Raptors, Raptors game seven. Yeah, one hundred. Tom Brady, uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. Or who's your baseball soccer? Yeah, I, could, I wouldn't do baseball. I would do a soccer game just for the ex- fan experience again. Right. But I'm not a soccer fan. But so the, okay, so the yeah. the two are you going to the Raptors in Game Seven or Brady in Super Bowl? Yeah, probably the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was so that was that was for, as a fan that was the first time. I, well, I, I get excited watching the Patriots, but watching the Raptors last year, that was that was awesome. That yeah, was, it was fun. That was the most fun I've had. As a fan, um, you know, because I'm not, um, yeah, I don't get real excited over too much, but that I was super excited, super excited about the Raptors. I'm a, I'm a big base a basketball guy. Are you so, really? Yeah, I was. I mean, my dad was a basketball guy, and we watched basketball when we were young. Really? Yeah. Every Sunday, Magic, Magic, and Larry Bird and Julius Irving, those guys in the '80s. Every Sunday, we watched. So, yeah. are Raptors are your team then? Oh yeah, yep, yep. Who do you think is winning this year? Oh, I got to go with the Lakers or Clippers, I think. Milwaukee, I know, is good, but I think, it, you know, it's hard to... OTC's hard to, done? Hard to bet, bet against LeBron and Kawhi. Like, yeah. I think whoever wins out of the, out I guess of the West. OTC doesn't have quite the team they had last year, no, do they? No, But, yeah, I'm... I mean, I when I was with the Leafs, I became a Raptors fan. I would, I would go to quite a few of the games. Oh, did you? Got a... Uh, and they had they had front row front uh, front row seats for for guests Guys. or special guests or whatever. So and you got to sit courtside. It was awesome. Raptors games? Oh, it was it was the best best experience. Like, you suck. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. And the the one year they were in the playoffs and I sat courtside against the Seventy uh, Sixers. Yeah. And how was that? It was great. Oh, it was, aw- it was awesome. How was the atmosphere in that building when it's when it's going? It, it was good. It was good sitting at courtside. You kind of, kind of get a lot because the cra- the, you're not really in the crowd. You're kind of. It feels like you're right. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're right on the court, so yeah. it feels like you're just watching it on TV live. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I would do a bas- Raptors basketball game any day. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Well, sir, there's number two. Yeah, it was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad thanks. we could finish this off yeah well thanks for coming in again i appreciate you making time i appreciate your your wife just leaving you <laughs> just call me when you're done all right sounds good yeah i should run do some errands so all right yeah. on. well merry christmas to you yeah and merry thanks christmas for to you guys. coming in and really appreciate it again no problem thanks okay. for having me yeah absolutely yeah